I recently watched an, an interview with you back in uh, 1987 um, saying you were really excited about the potential for Portage Place. So can you tell me a little bit about why it was exciting at the time? Sure. Um, I remember seeing that somebody dried that up and put it in my face many, many years later. <laughs> um, you know, I was I wrote a book on Portage, Maine, on the Triasic development, the Great Winnipeg Dream, and I was very critical of it. So in the 1980s, I was thinking about, you know, both my own position as an academic and also what people were trying to do at the time. And uh, I was worried uh, after what they did at Portage, Maine, putting everything underground and so forth, that we needed something that would pull people in better. And I thought that the scale behind Portage Place was the right scale that was like, with the exception of the apartment building, is essentially three stories high. It wasn't intrusive onto the street, and we needed to be able to build up some some traffic, some people traffic along Portage Avenue. So I thought, rather than express another opinion of negativity, because the city was going through such a negative time, that I would be more positive towards this one. So that caused me to, I think I wrote an op-ed page piece on it. And was interviewed in CBC, and that's what uh, that's what caused me to take the position that I did. Okay, so suffice to say, your position on it soured a little bit later. Yeah, you know, and I've always uh, I go to the movies there a lot. I don't shop there, but I go to the movies there a lot, and I've I've always wondered what what was what happened that uh, that caused it to not do as well as I had originally thought. And I don't think there's an easy answer to it. I think the demographics changed dramatically in the area uh, in the last 20 years, and I used to represent that area, is that it uh, and became more a more dangerous area, not only within uh, Portage Place, but on the streets around it. And so you watch a lot of concerns about security, or you hear a lot of concerns about security in the facility, which causes most people in Winnipeg to stay away. And it also, it, it didn't lead to anything else being built for the longest of time. So it sort of stood there as a new building amongst the old buildings, and not a sore thumb, but not an attractor to other people. So, so only now do we find other developments going up around it that may cause it to be put to better use. So when, when you use the mall yourself, um, when you go to movies there, do you feel safe? Yeah, yeah. I, and I go back down, I park underground, and I don't, I don't feel you know, unsafe in any way. Um, it's usually early evening movies. So there's the stores. I think are clo- mostly closed, so that the the mall seems to be. I'm not sure if they restrict it or just there's less traffic around in the evening. But it doesn't. I've never been accosted, or I've never had somebody come up to me and make me feel threatened in any way. Okay. Um. So, um, I just finished reading the Great Winnipeg Dream, and I really enjoyed it. Oh. And <laughs> It made me think about um, how Portage Place fits into this this sort of history that we have of these city-led mega projects. Can you tell me right. a little bit about what your concerns with that are? Well, you know, it started back in the '60s when you uh, in several cities they they just tore down 
several blocks at a time. And um, Winnipeg did it, and they created the Centennial Hall, and they they did uh, City Hall about the same time. That was before I arrived here. And they're doing the same thing at Hamilton, where I was studying at McMaster University. And what we what they found out is subsequently is that this the publicly led redevelopment projects did not lead to secondary private sector investments. And so uh, the housing didn't come in for to, to take a big picture. On a smaller area, very few restaurants moved in because of the new buildings and so forth. So you could literally walk across the street from city halls. In those days, if you walk past a planetarium, you have an empty parking lot. If you walk some other areas, you, you simply you walked across uh, I'm sorry, Main Street and you got yourself into the same hotels that are always there. So it didn't lead, there was no trickle-down theory, for lack of a better word. It was a self-contained development. It was the public sector. The people tended to go home after work and the buildings were empty at night. Uh, or if you came into the, to the, um, uh, to the, uh, Sorry, just forgot to the uh, concert hall, uh, Centennial Hall. You know, you're in there, and then you got out, and you got in your car, and you went home. So there was no interaction with the neighborhood, and the and these big urban development projects. Uh, no sooner were they built than most people realized they made a major error in terms of how to attract people in a na- in a more natural way. Okay, um, and. Probably Portage Place suffers some of the the same issues with that as Winnipeg Square does. Like it's very insular, and you you sort of have to go in and then figure your way around, right? Right, exactly, exactly. And uh, you know, if you, take, if you take the the street system off of Ellis, for example, you know there you can go off of the side street or you can go off of Ellis. It's a very uh, awkward drop off area, parking area, so it doesn't really. It's not conducive to just coming in and in a car and finding a, a place to park easily and go inside. You you make a decision to go into the basement and get on an elevator and go to the level that you want to. And you may look around, you may not, but it's it's very uh, it's turned out to be very uh, uh, hostile. Is too strong a word, but a very unfriendly area. Um, just from the development side, do you think there are any parallels to be drawn with the way that the city was sort of um, tied in to funding the Trizec building and, and what happened with, with Portage Place and the Forks North Portage Partnership? Well, it's interesting. You know, Portage Place, uh, I was also more optimistic. Maybe, maybe, yeah, I was also more optimistic because they they had all three levels of government involved you know, through the downtown development, the North Portage, and they created the North Portage uh, Corporation as a result of the tri-level uh, agreement that they had. So there's a lot of optimism that uh, this was uh, this was going to be easier to do, but in the end, it was too self-contained. Don't forget, too, that we'd, you know, it wasn't too much of a different time that they're also thinking about building an arena down mm-hmm. in that area, too, and that failed. So... They needed to do something, and uh, they ended up relying too much on the retail end and not being able to get anybody engaged in building more residential places down there or even an office tower. So in some respects, what the Chipmans are doing, I guess that's just one block away, will answer some of the questions that we hoped 30 years ago the Portage Place might have answered. Mm 
do you think that it's a likely success or is it more of a, a question mark what shed, the oh. shed will do? Oh, I, I, you know what? It's they're coming into the city at the right time. So I would be optimistic. You know, like I probably underestimated like a lot of people that when the city went in, in decline in the seventies, that it it stayed in decline through to almost the first the first decade of this century. You know, we had thirty tough years, and the unemployment rate was high, and the and social welfare payments were high. Everything, all these indicators, and so if you built something nice in those times, nobody came to it. And now I, I think we're on a different time, a different cycle with the city. I think the city is doing much better. So hopefully, uh, and the Chipmans are giving a lot of thought to it, so hopefully they'll be able to find a combination of residences and offices and hotels and whatever else they're trying to do to spur it on. And that, that of course, with the, with the Manitoba Hydro building there, there's no reason to think that uh, we have to be totally dismissive that the Portage Place will not still have a role, you know? It's these things, it just, it just took so much longer than other people anticipated, including myself. So do you think that the there's sort of an upswing happening on Portage Avenue now, paying off from these developments? Oh, yeah. I, 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 you know, it's, yeah, I do. You know, I think, I think you know, if you, if you drove down now and said to yourself, okay, what buildings are still there to be redeveloped. And I'm just closing my eyes and trying to think of the street. There's probably, maybe there's two blocks left, but there's certainly, there certainly aren't the 10 blocks that were there before, you know? Like, I'm by blocks, I mean both sides of Portage Avenue, so I'm double counting here. But, you know, one time you just, you could, you, you, you just, you had nothing between the bay and Eaton's and nothing between Eaton's and, um, and the Portage of Maine. And now you look at it, and the holes are beginning to be filled. So, once the Chipman complex goes up, and uh, you know, and there's I think there's one other smaller development being talked about uh, for condos. But once those things are, are filled in, then we're going to find ourselves with uh, with the main street again on the, in downtown area. And the problem that I, I mentioned in my book, you know, when they when they set out the Greater Winnipeg plan, so before Unicity was formed. And they put the the uh, the, um, the footprint of the downtown so large, you know, stretching from City Hall right straight through to Great West Life and the Osborne Street Bridge. That's a huge area to fill up, just a huge area. And they underestimated or they overestimated the population growth for the city. And I mean, they regularly talked about having a million people by now. And, uh, you know, we're still at 650 or whatever it is that people use for, for Winnipeg. So we're, we're, we're short people from the, from the planning point of view and therefore underutilizing so much space in the downtown that it's, a, it's still an ongoing problem. Just one last question. Do you think yeah. that Portage Avenue would be better now if uh, if there were a monorail? <laughs> I think the city <coughs> has been derelict in building public transportation systems. And whether or not it's, it's the monorail, um, it's, they certainly, you know, it's, I'm sorry, I'm just trying to think this through carefully. A monorail in its time would have been great. I think having 
a more comprehensive light rapid transit system and designated busways, which are impossible to do in Portage Avenue, pretty well impossible anyway, that uh, the city missed an opportunity. And they're going to, I think people are going to see 10, 15 years of catch up on the public transit, transit system in Winnipeg. So if they had gone ahead with the monorail and convinced Trizic to, you know, to push it instead of just using it as an excuse, if they had done that, we would have been much further ahead. Okay. Um, just going back to uh, to Portage Place, are there any questions that you wish that you had asked or, or things that you wish you'd been critical about at the time as it was being developed? Yeah, I think I think um, I would have been more aggressive in the in the housing aspect of it because my you know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, you have to excuse me. I'm just sort of fishing for details here. But my impression, thinking, sitting here thinking back, was that there'd be a, a greater number of houses or, or apartment buildings built in that area. And that that uh, if they had have been able to, to build it, then you would have fed the shopping area underneath. But once you didn't put the housing in and the area began to deteriorate, then you, you made it very vulnerable. So there was not enough flats or they didn't have enough levers to make sure that the housing followed the retail. Okay. Um, is there anything else that you think people should should know about Portage Place or its, its history? You know, it's just... Um, you know, just you got me thinking about it. One one of the things too that we that I probably underestimated that has nothing to do with Portage, but I I probably underestimated the draw of suburban shopping mm-hmm. to Winnipeggers. You know, I don't think Unicity. You'd have to check it out, like in uh, Saint Patel. Uh, not not Unicity, but Saint Patel Shopping Center. Uh, I don't think it was fully constructed then, uh, and then. And the, and the North End got some, and then we had the, the box stores. So the natural weight of development in Winnipeg, as it is elsewhere in North America, was into the suburbs. And uh, the price that we paid for it was not being able to showcase Portage Place as being an ideal downtown shopping area. And once it began to spiral down downhill, then it became almost impossible to keep uh, a higher-end uh, retailer involved. So it's a little bit of a of a planning issue that if you want to protect an investment such as Portage Place, you have to make sure your planning across the city uh, uh, makes it possible. So hopefully they'll get some more offices and more apartments, and then we'll see uh, a better Portage Place. 